Hello, hello. Hello. Long time no here. Yeah, it looks like, well, at least for me, Skype has a new interface. Same shitty doom, ding, doom, doom. <laughs> but uh, uh, now, before I would just click on your your multiple finger eyeball icon. And, um, <laughs> but now a different screen comes up. Start video call, start audio call. I'm like, oh, okay. With no topics today, eh? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, sure. it's it's wing it. You know, it doesn't have to be legendary length. You know, we'll just we'll just roll with the punches. You want to test this? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do that. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the Great White North. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother Doug. How's it going, eh? And tonight our topic is going to be smokes. Like, how come you have to sell your record collection to get a pack of smokes, eh? Well, that's all we have time for. Yes, as you can guess, we're winging it tonight. inside the gold mine. You are such a guy to all things wild and wonderful in the world of cult entertainment. Tonight, we're pulling a Bob and Doug on the new and improved Third Eye Cinema Weird Scenes Network, now on Podbean. So, uh, good evening and welcome to the second coronavirus episode of Weird Scenes Inside the Goldmine, your central guide to all things wild and wonderful in the world of cult entertainment. Dropping for a spell and join me, Doc Savage, and my co-host, Mr. Lewis Paul, as we discuss the beloved, the hated, the weird, the wonderful world of cult film, music, television, and more. We probably won't be talking much of that at all tonight, so let me turn it over to Mr. Lewis Paul. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, we usually have ideas, themes. Uh, he was... Uh, doing one of my Facebook live things last weekend. And yeah. you popped up. Thank you for popping up. It's nice to see you. And you said, oh, we should do another one. And you're right. We should, because the last one was about two months back, more or less. Yeah, there's a bit. And uh, we usually do, we try to do like once every three weeks when we're on a normal schedule, or sometimes even more often. Who knows? Yeah, so what's our topic? Well, obviously, this what's going on now, it's uh, this coronavirus COVID, whatever. Here we are, again, more or less two two months later, down the road, and uh, you know things are still pretty crazy out there. You know, it's the us versus them thing, which was festering before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's gotten a little bit more ridiculous, a lot more ridiculous. Yeah, we've gotten to the point where it's states versus states, uh, the government versus the media or anybody else, and the governors of any states. America's dim bulbs versus the Chinese, because now it's the Chinese flu. They actually changed the name of the Kawasaki virus, which is the offshoot that goes to children, because they're afraid of it going to the Japanese as well. I don't know what they're calling it now, something else. You know, it's, it's just getting stupid out there. I mean, we are becoming this nation where half of us almost are getting our news from a propaganda source. And I remember uh, it was actually amusing the other week. One of the things that uh, Trump did during his last great, it actually wasn't the other week, it was a couple of days ago, his great news conference that he had recently, which was a joke all around. He decided to do one by himself after they shut him up and buried him for a bit. My wife was actually saying, yeah, we haven't heard from Trump in a bit. What, what's the deal with him? So he popped out of the woodwork, decided to do one on his own with no oversight, really, and started going on about 
you know, you guys, uh, you should go with, what is it, Obamagate? And they're like, and all the reporters are like, what the hell are you talking about? What is this? Oh, yeah, that's the real news. You guys should know about this. You should be covering it. God knows what this is. Some made-up thing that Fox News must have come out with, or some crazy far-right-wing news source. All these wingnuts that uh, pop up on YouTube or whatever, conspiracy theorists like Alex Jones. But that's the real news. And at the end of the thing, he goes and steps off and says... He started talking to one of the reporters, and they started quizzing him on something that he... I forget what the exact question was. And he's like, yeah, but you said this, and what about, you know, whatever. And instead of answering it, first he tried to shut up for a microphone. He's like, somebody shut up for a microphone. He's like, okay, next! Right? <laughs> they wouldn't shut her up. All the reporters, to their credit, just kind of let her keep going. He's like, but no, you didn't answer my question. Here's the deal. Why didn't you say this? So he says, all right, that's it. And <laughs> shut up. <laughs> turned around, turned his back to the camera, and walked off. And that was it. Somebody actually posted, Brave Sir Robin ran away. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what the hell? This is the kind of nation we're setting up here. And unfortunately, instead of everybody saying, wow, what a fucking idiot, like the rest of the world is doing, by the way. And, you know, if anybody that believes in this shit, take a step outside your shells, talk to some people from Europe, talk to some people from Asia, talk to some people from India, Africa, whatever. Somebody that's from another nation that's not us, Canada. And they're all laughing at us, and they're horrified for us. It's actually gotten to the point where they pity us more than laughing at us. And I've actually had people asking me, people that are living under Boris Johnson, mind you, asking me, how do you guys get up every morning? How do you deal with this, having Trump for a president? It's, yeah, what is it like? They can't even envision this. And, you know, you dim bulbs are sitting there going, oh, yeah, he's our hero. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, really? That says a lot about the power of propaganda and about human... I don't know what stupidity. I can't even picture what it is. It's cognitive dissonance for sure. And projection. You know, because everything is like, he lies through his teeth and says, oh, the media's lying to you. And he'll give you fake news, but he'll say, oh no, they're all fake news. Just my people are right. These Again, these conspiracy theory sites and propaganda sources where you will see people like five seconds after this comes out, like oh, Obamagate or something. And all of a sudden, every right-wing person you know, be they friends or, you know, somebody that's in a group with you or whatever, instantly is spouting this thing about Obamagate or whatever. It's almost like an open-source virus that just hits everywhere at once. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And now everybody's got to pay attention to this bullshit. I don't know. It's it's scary. It's really scary. So I I fear for the future of not only our country, but our world if it continues to go this way. So anyway, go back to you. Yeah, in regards to Obama, I saw... Some media things shared, and then I saw it at different places, some some reputable ones. Um, y'all, Mitch McConnell wants to investigate you know, Obama's, you know, what, this is like, how many years ago? <laughs> Eight years ago? Yep. You know, come on. You you guys can't run the country. You don't know what you're doing. You're all yep. for the almighty dollar. You want to blame, why don't you blame George Washington? Yeah, it's his fault. <laughs> you know, it's, the thing is... I, I don't get it. You know, there, there was 64 through 74, you know, Vietnam era, the 60s, the BN, flower power. Not everybody went for that. We know no. that, you know, especially people who, who you know, were in the Korean War and, and the people who went into Vietnam with a different head on their shoulders. Of course, a lot of people came back, thought differently, but going in it was different. Those people had children, and that's what we got now. Which totally stymies. A lot of people lived when they were younger. When I was younger, I lived through this stuff and how rough it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Civil rights and and all this stuff and the way women were treated. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, 
there were race riots I saw. You know, I was very, you know, remember, I'm very young, six, seven, eight years old, but, you know, something stayed with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the kind of mentality. Then we had what? Watts. Then we had, we had bigger things. Everybody's just exploding all over the place. So now we have this guy, Trump, you know, he's, he's a charlatan. He's, he's a, a television presence. He's, you know, needless to say, he, he was a failed businessman. But he still he still got around that because you know that's what businessmen do they get around the fact that you know they're not bankrupt or they're pouring money from one place to another. We have yet to see his tax returns. Thing is, he's most well known in recent years before even running for presidency for a television. What do you, what do you call it? Uh, what reality would you call TV. it? Reality, yeah, reality TV. And uh, where he was Donald Trump, the businessman, kind of smoked out, failed. And <laughs> he had would uh, he had I hate to say this because I hate to we had some has been musicians, actors, television personalities, and the like. Uh, in the occasional maybe Ron Popeil was on that. I don't know. And <laughs> yeah, I remember if you, everybody remembers Popeil, you know the amazing you know flush your toilet and have a drink at the same time while fishing. You know, that As seen was, on TV. Yeah, he was like the granddaddy of our seen on TV. So anyway, you know, it was called The Apprentice, the show. And so um, the, the gimmick was it would whittle down from X amount of people to a core group of X amount of people, and they had to be his, like, right-hand person, slave. And at the end, yeah, you know, his big thing was, you're fired. You're fired. That's how we got rid of people and reduced the number. And became a catchphrase. And then uh, at the end, somebody was the winner. I think they got some cash. And I don't know if they actually got to do anything for him. Because what would you do for him? Mm-hmm. And so this was how we knew him for a number of years. And then toward the end, his show died off. And there were other people trying to do versions of that. Like Schwarzenegger, who he mocked mightily. And Schwarzenegger, who you could tell really didn't want to do it. You could tell he really didn't want to do it. Like he got himself. It's it's one of the few times you could see somebody do something they really didn't want to do, which shows. And and then then Trump mocked him, and then he mocked him back, saying, "Well, you know, <laughs> um, I got a lot of respect for Arnold. Recent two, three. Well, I've always had respect for him and for a variety of things. I never was. You know, we did a show on the guy. You know, yes, and, did. and um, so I, I like how he's." You know, he speaks his mind, and he speaks for the people. Maybe he got out of politics a little too early, but then he's, you know. He grew up a lot. He changed after, towards the yeah. end of his governorship and beyond. He's it changed yeah. a lot. Now now he sits at home because he's in quarantine with his dogs and his ponies. I love this, watching this guy's feet. Time for you to eat your food. Come here. And the pony comes walking into the kitchen. I'm like, this is not <laughs> even stage. This is so cool. But anyway, so we're living in this world, and now, and the reason why I was mentioning the 60s and the 70s is because what happened to the world? Suddenly, a bunch of beer-chugging, beard-displaying, pot-bellied, <laughs> MAGA-hat-wearing mofos with automatic weapons are walking into these places. Mm-hmm. Like, they want to... They take over the world well, you know and the thing is i'm most shocked that where is the presence of law enforcement yeah i mean really this is a big no-no you cannot walk into state capitals and do this but i guess you can 
Apparently you can because down south they have all those right to carry laws, open open carry, you know, not concealed weapons. They don't care. Yeah, but to walk into places like that, I I'm not sure. But he you know he he loves that because that's the people who he believes put him in power. Remember, he actually said openly, "I love the stupid people. I love yeah. idiots." Like, wait, this was in a news conference. He's doing yeah. a presidential press conference. I love idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Those and are my people, and they don't get it that he's mocking them. No, yep. they 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 just don't get it. You know, it's 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 uh... it's ridiculous. And you know, even before all this stuff that you mentioned, I don't want to butt in and make you lose a train of thought there. But yeah. you know, this guy was known among business circles for being a huckster. I mean, mm-hmm. my father actually worked for one of the guys, uh, uh, Tony Schwartz, who did the original Art of the Deal book with him. You know, he's the, not even ghostwriter because he was listed on it, but, you know, he was the guy that wrote the book for him and did, had to deal with Trump and get the anecdotes and history and whatever out of him. And he, he actually signed a copy of the book to my father and all shit. He's like, you know, the, this guy's not who you think he is. He's a real scumbag. I really don't want to talk about him. I don't want to deal with him anywhere again. And... This is his biographer, basically. And people that were in dealings with him, like, apparently, my uh, co-host from our level, Matt, his father, did some dealings with him. And it was always the same story. They always got left holding the bag. They always got, you know, screwed over financially to the point of some of them losing their fortunes and going bankrupt, which is what happened to Matt. You know, this is this is not a good guy. This is not a guy you say, you know what, let's put him in there because he's really going to change things because he's tough, which is that stupid image they got from the You're Fired thing. This mm. guy was a scam artist. Other millionaires laughed at him because he was number one, new money, and number two, a huckster. People that dealt with him in business hated him because they knew he was a snake oil salesman. Basically, that was his whole shtick. I actually read Art of the Deal, and at the time, when I was a teenager, I sort of admired it because it was like the trickster figure. He was like fucking Loki from the <laughs> mythology because <laughs> right. that's what he was. It, he actually stated right in the book how he did things, and it was always on the bluff, on the bluff. I bullshitted him. I didn't have any money. I didn't have anything behind me, but I said I did. They believed it, and poof, I made money, and I walked on. I'm like, wow, this guy is fucking crazy. He's got balls the size of, like, you know, cannonballs here. And so when you're at a certain age and a certain mindset, you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. He can pull that shit off. But in reality, you want to deal with this guy? Fuck no. You certainly don't want him running anything, much less a country. You know? Much less the, the global leader, the, the country that everybody else looks up to and depends on to keep the world running as it does economically, socially, in a lot of ways, because you know, we were always like, oh, look, we need help. We need uh, somebody to come in and help us out to fight this war, clean this thing up. Right. Okay, let's go to America, see what they want to do. Oh, we need somebody to look to for a moral arbiter. Like, okay, should we be doing this? Should we not be doing this? Okay, let's look to America. We need somebody to come in and you know help us out with, uh, we, we have a hunger problem, or we have a disaster relief, or something like that. Who we look to? We look to America. And this is countries that, in a lot of cases, made fun of us because of, like, oh, look, every American's like a tourist, and they come in with their, the, either the cowboy boots image, like John Wayne, and just kind of storm all over the place, and then leave the place in, in a mess afterwards, like a bar fight. Or they come in, like, the tourist type thing, and, you know, they're just kind of stupid and abrasive and whatever else. But, at the same time, every one of those people would always admit a grudging respect. That, okay, well, they always try to do the right thing. They always help us out when they're needed. They are in respect. Okay, yeah, they're the big guys with the big boots that track dirt all over a fucking place and make a mess. But, they are the guys in the white hats in the end. And we can always trust them to do the right thing with us. That's not been the case since, well, okay, not since, but... During the George W. Bush era was the first time that everybody's trust in us was shaken. And we got it back with Obama. 
I'm, I don't love Obama. I am not an Obama fan. I'm not one of those people who says, oh, let's get Obama back in the White House. Mm -hmm. I, no, not in the least. He was mamby-pamby. He was wishy-washy. He's part of the reason we're in this problem right now, not because of him, but because he didn't have the balls to stand up to Mitch McConnell in the Tea Party Congress. He didn't do anything when he had the supermajority. He was too busy playing Sinbad and trying to reach across the aisle. And when he did have this other problem, then all of a sudden he sort of half tried to do stuff and they walked all over him. And so, oh, don't put any Supreme Court justices in, even though every president that's standing ever did this in history of America. We, that's the job of the next guy. And, of course, they got their guy in. And now they're going crazy and they're filling all the circuit judges. I mean, down to the circuit judges we're talking. Mm -hmm. Packing the courts with crazy right-wingers that, in some cases, aren't even like... I, what was the story with this new guy that... It's Mitch McCallum's like, right-hand man. Some young guy that I don't even think he passed the bar. He's got some kind of problem with him. Uh, something's unofficial about him. Right. And yet... They're still trying to throw them in. This is bad. People don't realize. When you have things that go down like, okay, the government says this or somebody else, court case, because we're built on a precedent system. So Joe Blow in you know, Arkansas goes and stubs his toe and blames it on the guy whose parking lot he's in. And the local courts say yes, and then go appeal, and they say no, and then it goes all the way up. And you can reach, if it keeps going, 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 up to the Supreme Court and up to that level of government. And at that point, they are the ultimate arbiter that says, constitutionally speaking, this is wrong. Constitutionally speaking, this is right. And they're supposed to go and settle things, and this becomes now the precedent that is locked in, and this is the way that all cases will future be judged. If you're packing with all the right-wing lunatics... What the hell is that going to say about the laws of this country? Yeah. It's going to get scary out there, people. And bad for the working man. Bad for the average person. Bad for the middle class, which has already been like taxed out of existence and destroyed just so we can feed the rich. The rich are doing better in this country than they've ever done. And we're talking about back to the robber baron days, before muckraking, before Teddy Roosevelt and the Square Deal. They haven't done this well. And where are we all? Most of us are unemployed. Most of us are broke. Most of us don't know where we're going to get our next meal from. I mean, this is scary. And it's only going to get worse with people like Trump and McConnell in power. they got to go. they got to go. Wake up. And the other thing, is too, is, is with this, is that, you know, there are people in urban areas that might believe in the same uh, mindset of the people we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, with but mainly it's suburban areas. And to follow that up, we are in urban areas. Uh, some of us less urban than others. You know, we're not in New York City. We're not in Newark, which is tightly fisted. And, you know, uh, New York City is tightly fisted with people. That's why these things, you know, boom. Or what's that? Uh, the, uh, of all, who knew, knew Rochelle was so packed with, with – um, uh, Hasidic Jews that it spread like wildfire. That was one. Of, that was like one of the major ground zeros. Yeah, Lakewood, there. Lakewood, Rochelle. Uh, nobody paid attention. If we didn't have to be there if we drove through. Oh, nice town. It's quiet. Then they all come out on Sunday. So Saturday, actually. Saturday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, whatever. Uh, sa Saturday night they come out. Uh, the anti-vampire. Um, so here's here's the deal. So. A lot of these people are from suburbia or, you know, Midland, Texas or, you know, all these sprawled out areas where the amount of people sick and or affected and or dying is much lower than other areas. 
but their their governors were trying to do the right thing, shut everything down, and let's see, you know, let's treat everyone, let's be respectful. But these banana heads are like, I need to work, I need to work. We all need to get out. We all would like to sit down in a nice restaurant on occasion, go to a nice bar on occasion, go to a movie for crying out loud. Those have been shuttered. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a big effect there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were just talking about that today. Uh, drive-ins. They're talking about drive-ins. Okay, so but how many of your trusted, trusted people are you going to be sitting with in that car? Yeah, y'all. Mm-hmm. So, y'all, it creates this weird thing. Anyway, so these are the people that are going batshit crazy saying, you know, with the guns or without and saying, you know, we have to. I have friends on Facebook. It's not true. I have a guy who I respected and Mm -hmm. it was a pretty cool dude. We never spoke about things. And he's like, I know physicians who told me that this is just like any other flu. No, it's not. (laughs) And he keeps saying that and spouting it and saying, you know. And then the people are posting, the people are post, armchair detectives, they're posting this stuff. In 2017, this amount of people died of the flu. Right now, this amount of people died from the flu, the, you know, the, COVID, the coronavirus flu. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't believe this. It's a joke because the same people that are going around saying about mainstream news being fake mm-hmm. – or the first ones to go to these crazy-ass, like, YouTube personality mm-hmm. propaganda videos, basically, where they're just talking straight out of their ass. And like, oh, yeah, this is true. See, they're hiding it from you. Really? <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, there are people. What, what point I was trying to get to is, uh, I lose my own train of thought, was that even people that you consider smart, you know, or yep. you consider okay people, come up with shit, and you're like, what are you, crazy? Who do you, like, one case. What fucking doctors are talking about? Or maybe they don't want to tell you the truth because they know you got a big mouth. Or or this whole thing with the flu, the average, you know, look, I hate to say this, by now I've, I've, I've met personally in my life three people that have passed on. Oof. Yeah. And here's the weird thing. It's shocking. Bang, it hits you. It hit this guy and his wife. All right, first I heard that the guy was sick. Then I heard the wife was sick. Then I heard he's in ICU and they're both in the hospital, different places. They can't keep them together, of course. Yeah. She got out. He's getting better. He's dead. You know? Wow. You know, and then there's this fellow from Chiller who always came to Chiller, nice guy, kind of quiet guy. And I realized he was in rock circles and stuff all, you know, when he was younger. And him you know, and his wife, and they always used to watch my things. Yeah, you know, when I do these Q and A's and panel things, and you know, it's so I would chat and seem pretty cool, and then I'm like, boom, you had the virus is dead. Are you fucking kidding me? It's like, how many? You get the flu, you get better from the flu. You got a very bad flu, you have to go to the hospital. Do people die from the flu? Yes, generally, people who are much older with other health issues and conditions. We know this. The people who are dying from COVID primarily are, are primarily now, from what we understand, are much older and have a lot of health issues, but also they're not the only ones dying. This, it, it depends how hard it slams you. There's a lot of people in their 40s and 50s, and now they're getting kids as well. Yeah, kids. Yeah. Something else has been popping up now. And I think what's going on is people aren't policing their children. They're letting the kids play or whatever or interact with other children. And maybe there's a parent who's got it really bad, and bang, that's, you know, that's, that's how it happens. They're in such a weird world. So now there's the reopening of things. Now, you know, everyone knows who will be listening to this, that under pressure, under immense mounting pressure, even even Cuomo, who, you know, 
give or take anybody's uh, opinion of him. He's been very good lately. Oh, yeah. He's actually been pretty tough. He's, he says what he has to say. He drops the facts. He's, yeah. he's taking no shit from Trump. You know, it's just... And, he's, he's, he and he speaks very well, more so than we ever thought. I never saw from him mm-hmm. up to now. And so, but even he's got plan. You know, we're going to have to open this stuff up. So they're doing it in tears over weeks. I don't know what's going to happen. I've had well, you saw Fauci testifying. Yeah. He's afraid of what everybody else, what every other scientist and everybody that's ever tracked this sort of thing from day one, looking back into historical records of like, okay, back in when we had the uh, what the hell was that, the Asian flu or right. whatever, in the turn of the century, the cholera, whatever it is, the Black Plague, going back through all of these epidemics that went on back in the turn of the century, and every time there was always a first wave. And then everybody eased the restrictions and started, like, leaving the house more or less and going back to work. And then there was a second wave that was ten times worse. And then there was often a third wave that was, you know, a smaller one but still existed. Mm. This is only the beginning. We're not even done with the first wave here. Whoever's being pressured to move out. I understand there is a problem, obviously, with having so many people on unemployment and nobody working. There's that, too. There's that, too. There's there's the problem of people just not even getting unemployment and needing, you know, you don't need to starve. You need to do something for money so that you can eat. Okay, fine. There's also, as my wife pointed out, people discovering for the first time that they're precious little children, that they're busy arguing with teachers and whatever the hell else about how badly they're doing to their wonderful angel that's so good and they're so perfect and how could you dare give them an F or whatever the hell. Or God help you, a C plus even nowadays because they're always trying to boulderize everything and, you know, normalize it, you know, people suck. Uh now realize just how rotten their kids are yeah. and how hard they are to deal with So because they're stuck in the house all the time and there's ostensibly homeschooling them and they are, you know, in their presence 24-7. I'm like, get these fucking kids out of here! So that's playing into this a lot more than anybody will admit to you. They just want to get out. And also people that are in relationships that they thought were okay or I'm getting by, they really discover, oh my god, I can't stand this fucking person, be it the <laughs> wife or the husband, you know? Because you're cooped up with them 24-7. I mean, I'm even having some issues, and I love my wife to pieces, uh, and she'll say the same thing, I'm sure. Yeah. It's just, it's difficult being with someone 24-7, and everything you do is getting second-guessed, or why aren't you doing this instead? Come on, really? So, can you picture if you had a shitty relationship, and didn't even know it, and all of a sudden you're like, oh boy, I gotta get out of this. So people are desperate to get the hell out. Plus, there's the need to just socialize and see somebody in person because we are a social race as human beings. But people don't want to do that, too. People don't want to do that because, like, like my good friend, who you would see me at a bar with maybe once a week (laughs) or, you know, or several times a month. No, (laughs) several times a month, you know, and uh, we have a dinner, bullshit, chat, or not, just human contact. And... So this guy doesn't even call me because he's got nothing to say, you know. And and then when yeah. then when I I text him or I leave a voicemail or a couple of days later, I'll see him on Facebook. Hey, what's up? I'm like, oh man, you know, because so then I said to him one time, you know, I said, you know, because he works in a place where he sells stuff, and I said, can you get me some masks? I'm running low. Yeah. He showed up with a few, yeah. wearing a mask. I'm like. Gee, thanks. <laughs> but that's that's what it's come down to. You know, it's it's uh, social distance. That's the new reality. Yeah. yeah. 
And also, what you're saying there is true. That's why we haven't really been doing shows here. Number one is that I can't get to materials to review them yeah. that aren't already in my collection. And number two is, you know, again, my wife being present 24-7, she laughs at a lot of stuff that we reviewed in the past. Yeah. So I don't want that skewing me, you know, with what I'm saying. Plus, you know, her getting pissed off or whatever else, it's not worth it. <laughs> so, you know, you got to kind of, when you're in a room with somebody else 24-7, you've got to make concessions and you've got to say, okay, well, they want so much of this time, they want, I want so much of that time, she wants to see this, I want to see that. You know, that, that's life, that's marriage, it's just being in a room with somebody else, even if you're in fucking college or something. But it's also, even with something like this, I was like, well, what are we going to talk about? Because when you're not going out and dealing with people or, you know, running into situations or, you know, seeing shows or, you know, nothing's happening really other than what you're watching on TV and just, you know, daily, every day's the same, there's not much to talk about. So that's probably part of what's playing into your thing too where he's like, okay, yeah, well, here you go. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably his wife is, you know, like, don't talk to Louie. You know, just, like, stay away. Don't, you know, I'm sure. Everybody's freaking yeah, well, out. it's a safety thing. It's yeah. a safety thing. Like, my wife has been gone for two whole months now. And, <laughs> and But she Facebooks me every night and sometimes, like, are you watching something? I'm like, yeah, it's 830. I'm getting kind of tired from I've been working all day and I'm, just sat down and started watching something when you called me. And so she's, it's funny, she's, they, uh, the people, the wealthy people she works for, he's a real estate, she's a psychologist. She's a nanny. And they, I told you before, they escaped to Massachusetts. They went up to New Hampshire for uh, two weeks. They went back to Massachusetts. And now they're freaking out because they see their numbers aren't going down as much as they thought because they're from Jersey City. So they said, we're going to Maine. I said, wow, Maine's beautiful. You know, Maine's beautiful, you know, and, and I used to go there a lot. But they're coming back, well, the husband's coming back uh, to Friday, and uh, they want to grab some more stuff because they plan to stay there till October. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. She goes, but so he's going to bring me back Friday and drive me back Sunday. I said, all right. So then she said last night, I'm burnt out. I want to take a week off. I said, it's easier said than done because you can make the guy drive four hours back to Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Then you can make him a week later drop drive back from Massachusetts to get you and then drive you back to Massachusetts. And you're supposed to yeah. be naked to the kid, which exactly. means they have to deal with it. Yep. And, and you know, so. Honestly, in that situation, she's going to stuck there. Yeah. So I said. Probably the best you can get out of this is if they're coming back Friday after he's coming back with you Friday afternoon, he's going to do what he does. Instead of going back Sunday, maybe ask for Tuesday or Wednesday. Maybe you can get that out of them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Get a few extra days. But you ask for an entire week. The, the, that's, the guy's driving for eight, 12 hours in one week yeah. back and forth. No, and that's not going to go over well. You know, so I don't know. So anyway, on the lighter side. <laughs> Is there a lighter side to this? I've been listening to a lot of weird music. Uh, as I said on my on my thing, I don't know if you caught that part of it on my Facebook live thing. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Tangerine Dream, okay. uh, new and older. And uh, Stephen Wilson from Porcupine Tree. I don't know if you uh, knew those guys. I know they exist, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, his, his early solo stuff is very good. Um, then he wanted to become a star. 
and it, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But he's really good at remixing stuff. He did Crimson. He did Chicago's second album. Really interesting stuff he's picked. And he did, yes, his first uh, five uh, or six albums. And it was a box set, limited edition, because it's like 180 gram vinyl. It's heavy. Right. It's a special remix. The box even says, yes, the Stephen Wilson remixes. I know, right? <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's very, very well done. There, there's that. And then I got a CD. I almost bought the vinyl. That I did of uh, two years ago. I was I saw them a couple times. I saw them on the cruise. You know, yes, his current touring incarnation, yeah. which was the 50th. It wasn't one of the ones I reviewed, was it? I uh, don't think so. Because I've reviewed and, a couple of Yes albums that were live, and they've been all awful. Well, this was awful. Yeah. This was the mix was bad. There was little to no bass, and then I'm looking at the really, really. You got to get a magnifying glass liner notes for this mm-hmm. thing. And Billy Sherwood did some of the mixing. I'm like, well, he's the bass player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you think he'd be more apt to like punch it up? Yep. Uh, I, you hear him live. No, you hear him live. You hear the band live. They're pretty good. Once or twice, I was I walked out saying that was a really good show. I'm surprised in the last five years they can push it like that off. I was impressed. I think I told you once I was uh, sort of Westbury in Long Island at the in the round with the rotating stage, mm-hmm. and they were great. And I think they had to work up and push themselves because they were on a rotating stage. And Steve Howell goes, "How does this thing stop?" But <laughs> they sounded really good. And then the last time I saw them, they were on the cruise and. I, I said to my friend, wow, there, something's wrong here. And then we would see people in the bar on the ship go, uh, did you go see that? Yeah, it was like the uh, worst fucking thing I ever saw, man. I almost walked out. Then I would see a guy go, I did walk out. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. So, but the, the live albums, CDs, vinyls, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, there's always been an issue with them. Even Yes songs sound terrible. Uh, but I think People, it was the first time people heard Yes Live. Right. That being said, there was an acoustic thing years and years ago. I think it was one of the keys to Ascension Tour. Uh, really hard to find, which sounded fine. There was almost like acoustic Yes with an orchestra. You know, it kind of worked. And they just don't know how to produce themselves. Either that or somebody has issues <laughs> hearing. You know, it's, it's that. Uh, what else have I, uh, I got? Well, I will say, let me jump in for a second. Since you mentioned Tangerine Dream, Florian from uh, Kraftwerk is dead. Yes. So one of the major influencers of uh, not just kraut rock and all that jazz, but electronic music in general, even hip hop, because you know African Bottle was uh, used Kraftwerk for some of his early stuff, and a lot of people actually did. But that's where it started back in like '83 or '84. You know, this is I grew up with stuff like the Man Machine. That album's fantastic. And, you know, they had a lot of great singles along the way. I, I wouldn't say too many of the other albums worked as an album. But, you know, going all the way back to stuff like the Autobahn and going forward to things like Computer World, whatever, they were Trans- a really influential band. Europe Express. Trans-Europe <laughs> Express. God, that, that song was so great. Yeah, I had a 12-inch for that. Can you believe that? I'm like, I'm listening to punk. I'm listening to New Wave. I'm still listening to some classic rock. I was really into punk and New Wave back in mm-hmm. the that time and like it was like weird disco I was like what is this I was like what is that my friend yeah. who was really into all the hip hop stuff had a 12 inch which I recorded off of my course but you know of and I think I got it later on CD yeah I did of uh, Tour de France that was a strange oh, yeah. one I don't think that was ever on an album even 
you know, the Tour de France, Tour de France. It's a guy like breathing the whole time with a. Do, 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 do. Huh? I mean, yeah, huh? the crowd, that was a big thing. Kraftwerk were innovators and masters at that game. I mean, it was funny because I used to tell people about it all the time and they would laugh. I was like, yeah, I'm listening to this band and they don't even show up for their concerts. They have like these little cheap robots of themselves sitting out there like, with the arms moving up and down like they're playing the music. I'm like, really? Wow, what a ripoff. I'm like, that sounds hilarious. But, you know, good stuff. So unfortunately, he has passed on. He was one of and the they... two biggest innovators in that band. Sure, sure. And they had just announced a tour a couple of months ago. There was supposed to, some people even had tickets for that. I'm sure Ralph and the other guys will go on, but I mean, Florian was really one of the moving and driving forces behind Kraftwerk, so. Right. Uh, well, that's the thing, too. Uh, when, when Tangerine Dream, what's his name? Um, uh, the guitar, Edgar, Edgar, Edgar Frozen. Yeah, Edgar Frozen, yeah. Yeah, uh, when when he passed on, uh, rather surprising. Well, we thought it was sudden, but apparently he was sick for a while. Uh, when he passed on, uh, they kept quiet for about seven months, <laughs> which is a long time for Tangerine Dream. So everybody else staying in that band at that time when he passed away, 2017, maybe I would say. Sounds about right. Um, not that long ago. Uh, have stayed together. And they did some new stuff, which I like. Is in that theme. They went back and remixed some stuff, which I, I liked pretty good. And then they... Uh, they're venturing all off, and one of the, one of the key members is a Japanese. Uh, she's she's woman, Japanese woman who plays uh, keyboards and uh, the electric violin. Mm-hmm. A really interesting kind of sound for them. Still retaining the classic, but moving because so, they they lost their way for a bit. They were doing, you know, you could only do so much when you when you put out that much product in oh, that yeah. many years. I mean, I mean, I was just looking, uh, just because of, out of curiosity, at the huge discography these guys got, yeah. and uh, and the soundtrack work they did. It's just like, wow, blows your mind. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. I'm glad that they're still together. But because you mentioned, you know, like what what maybe those guys will keep going. The Kraftwerk guys, yes and no. It depends. Sometimes band members make a decision. You know, we can't do it. You know, so. Sure. But what else are you listening to? Because I noticed you've really gone back to your vinyl and you've got some new equipment for it. <laughs> yes, uh, that's a great story, actually. Uh, I w- I've been looking on uh, eBay. I would see something and then I take a really closer, magnify the picture. I'm like, oh, this is funky looking. Or this is seen better days 30 years ago. And <laughs> as coincidentally, I saw something a couple of days ago and I said, oh. Well, okay, I'll bid on it, but last bid was 112, so I'll throw in 121. <laughs> I woke up the next day and sold for $160. Oof. Wow. So <clears throat> I was like, oh, well, it wasn't going to pay that much, and, you know, et cetera. And so that same day, I, I opened up Craigslist and, you know, I threw in NAD because, you know, I've been researching. I know people have them. And, and I saw Tuner and, and the receiver. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pierre, really cheap. And I'm like, ah, I can't be. I'm looking at the pictures. You know, looks like it's really almost mint condition. So <clears throat> I'm like, I don't know. It happened to me before when I got a guitar from a very nice woman in uh, 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 near the water on the west side. And uh, she 
It's a segue, but I'll get back to – so, you know, I, 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 this woman was on Craigslist. She had a couple of guitars. I said, what do you got? She sends me a picture. I'm like, this looks like a hybrid um, Strat Monster. It's, it was a, it's a Fender with Seymour Duncan pickup. It's the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. And so I went over there, and she's living with another woman. She said when she was in Texas, she was with a guy. He liked her, but she didn't like him that way. And what ended up, he bought her this guitar and a couple of other instruments. He just wants to get rid of it, you know. Yeah. Give me 60 bucks. You know, I'm like, really? <laughs> so I tried it. And I was like, oh, it's one of my favorite guitars. All this, you know, she goes, here's the receipt for all the work he had done on it. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so so this woman, I'm contacting Craigslist about the NAT stuff. She goes, I live in upper Manhattan. I'm like, I don't know if I can get my friend to pick it up, even if he does go into work. No, the guy with the mask. (laughs) And uh, I said, I live in Jersey City. I don't have a car, but, you know, I'm not saying I don't want it, but, you know, what chance you could deliver it, right? Or meet me somewhere halfway. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't sure what the response would be. And she said, where? So I said in my address, this is a couple of emails back and forth, the next morning. And she goes, would 20 be okay? I'll deliver it to you. I was like, wow, yes, thank you. So she shows up in this big SUV thingy. An older woman, I would say maybe 70-ish. Okay. Right? And she so nicely bubble-wrapped each piece. Wow. She had, and this is this is somebody who knows what they're doing, she had in, in the plastic uh, sheet the original, for each one, the original instruction. Wow. Manual, nice. and, and I, like an idiot, she goes, "Do you want? Do you want the uh, cable wire?" I said, "No, I, I have plenty of speaker wire, <clears throat> but thank you anyway. You can keep that." Like an idiot, because you know. <laughs> but anyway, so I, she was very nice. We we chatted a little bit, and then off she went. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to need a new shelf for this, so I have to get a couple of things to make to, to have it set up the way I want it, right?" Mm-hmm. But uh, it just, you know, I plugged it in, of course. Everything's working. So <laughs> the thing is, I look on the back of this. I said, oh, shit, it's 1987. So, what, you know, it's the back is banana plugs or wraparound coils. It's mm-hmm. not RCAs. I'm like, shit, I should have took the speaker cable. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went on Amazon, and, you know, I got that coming. You know, and everything takes forever on Amazon, Prime or not. Um, so, yeah, I... I, I been listening to a lot of vinyl. I had uh, I pulled out a I pulled out things I thought were mint looking, but if you have a decent turntable, it'll find those loopholes or pits, scratches. Mm-hmm. I had a, a Jan Ackerman uh, uh, guitar player. It was in the band Focus, I think, amongst other mm-hmm. bands, and uh, I was really grooving on that. Also, they hit a big pit and it popped over. The needle popped over half the record. I said, okay, I'm not listening to this anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. We all have wild times, and even our most prized records, we open to kick them out like, oh, I'll play this. You say, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, everybody's been doing, uh, you know, and then I, I, in better days, last summer, I saw a lot of flea markets, uh, record vinyl markets in Jersey. You would see a guy with a table of 10 50 20 $34. No, I ain't going to do that. And then a guy has a dollar bin, and I said, these are mint. Yeah, I know. I want to sell them. Yeah, it's a dollar. Okay. You got this. You got that. So, you know, I grab a couple of things. And then I've been playing those. Uh, some Genesis. Uh, who 
Peter Gabriel Genesis, and it was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's really interesting stuff. Um, and some jazz, a lot of jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one guy, because uh, everybody's doing this albums I like thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know me, I couldn't stick to 10. But <laughs> but uh, some people are really into jazz stuff or odd sounds. I'm like, hmm. You know, they would say, I really like this record. You know, a lot of people haven't heard it. So I throw, I go on YouTube, throw in this. Oh, I like that. So then, you know, it goes on the list. Right. Yeah. You know, so, you know, lots of, I have to do it because I'm, I'm signing on between 7 and 7.15 every morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm signing out between 4 and 4.30 every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get a, a, an hour of lunch, but I just walk away because there's too much pain in the ass to shut everything down. Because yeah. you have to, uh, using uh, VPN and Citrix, you know, and, you know, just getting on sometimes, getting back on is, is problematic. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm on lunch, I'm walking away, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sitting here all day long. I, was, I need, so it, you can't watch anything, really, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I do some reading, too, though. You know, if it's a little slow, I'll take a few minutes and read a chapter or so, something, look up, and it's like, oh, there's 30 emails now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my, I'm a little stir-crazy, you know. Yeah, but, you know I, yeah that's what happens. You know, I got I got the music and the... Uh, yeah. Actually, today, I did no drinking because I've been pretty healthy lately. Really? Okay. And yeah, I know, right? Go figure. Except uh, yesterday, late in the day, and last night, and a little this earlier today, I had my acid reflux acted up on me. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, I'm drinking like a fish, and I'm sure a lot of people are. Um, not like a fish, but you know, <laughs> more often because you know, if I'm walking in from work, it's about now, right? Yeah. And then I unwind, and I'll have my first drink about now, and then later on I'll have one. But, you know, you start around 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah? Right, exactly. And so I'm like, so, really? You're getting better? Most people are getting worse. <laughs> you like come all day long. Right. So I'm like, I'm starting at 11 o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, i got to give it a break because I had terrible acid reflux. And I said, yeah, well, I don't know why. So there's that. <laughs> well, I'm So I'm still hanging in there. That's good. You're still drinking your wine, right? Oh yeah, but I confine it mostly to when I'm on air doing podcasts and stuff. So just to try to. Uh, oh. Yeah. Okay. So you know, I always was a binge person anyway, but this isn't uh, even that. This is more casual. Yeah. But you know, you know the ways we let ourselves slip <laughs> just being inside all the time. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I no, I, I wasn't like slipping. I was like. I don't want to go out and face people. So yeah. Oh, I, God, yeah. It's, it's every time we go out, because we try to go out for walks and stuff in the mornings yeah. and things like that, whatever. We definitely drive around a little bit every day just to get out. But there's so many fucking people out there, and nobody even has a concept of, all right, well, some of them are okay if you get a smaller group. If you uh, go early enough, you get a couple, like, I hate to say older folks, but you, know, you see the ones walking around the mass, and all right, usually they'll be okay. But there's a lot of freaking people, especially if you have to go shopping or you wind up going around walking around in a park or something. These people don't give a shit. It's like, really? Get away from me. <laughs> and they're all like sitting there talking to their friends like two inches away from each other. I'm like, yeah, okay, thanks for keeping the spread going. And, so. <laughs> and a lot of business, a lot of businesses are still closed. Yes. Hence the reason why you have extra alcohol. Yes. Why? No, it wasn't a reason. Because they are closed. Yep. So they were open originally, but now... Places I would normally buy from, 
say email us or go onto our our ancient website <laughs> and order, and we'll drop it off free. Uh, what do you call it? free? No hands delivery or yeah. you know whatever it's called. So I, I e they ring your bell or they call you on their cell saying it's on it's in a paper bag outside your house. Yeah. Like, All right. So, but they won't do a delivery unless it's X amount of money. Right. So I'm like, okay, so I'll buy a vodka. I'll buy, okay, maybe a bottle of scotch. But then I don't finish those. But then I'm like, I feel like beer. I can't <laughs> go anywhere to get a six-pack. So I'll go on there and say, give me a six-pack and give me a bottle of, I don't know, uh, this. Right. So now I have all these bottles, and, you know, none of them are really done. But I'm, it's not like I'm drinking a lot. It's not like I'm getting drunk. I'm just like, I'm sipping. Yeah. But the issue is just like, no, I gotta give it a break. <laughs> I hear that. Uh, kind of like what I'm doing. But you know, in terms of music, I'm still stuck in the doom thing. Still following some people around. Like uh, in terms of the female-fronted ones, I've listened to a lot of Michelle McCann stuff, like Bathsheba, Death Penalty. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, when I say that one, I'm also following some Cathedral guys, Gaz Jennings, who was in not just Death Penalty but Cathedral, and also a fellow that goes by the name of Kratis big nose fellow out of Sweden who sounds sort of like Ozzy but not quite as whiny mm. and he used stuff like Count Raven and Lord Vicar and Godess and whatever and then of course the usuals um, I started moving out of some of the female friend stuff I still listen to some of the drug year stoning stuff like uh, mm. Drug Cult Book of Worms Acid King High Priest of Saturn I, I know I've introduced you to a couple of those right. uh, but listen to other stuff too like Solstice the, the UK Solstice is different there's a thrash band called Solstice over here and Witch Skull, they just put something out, and I had given it a pretty good review recently. And then it grew on me even more afterwards, which is fascinating. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll get something that I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this. And over time, maybe over a year, two years, something will grow on me later if I'm listening to it again. Right. This right. one here was pretty quick, and I already liked it. So I was like, okay, I like it even more now. Have you been playing guitar? A little bit, yes. I mean, not as much as I should probably, <laughs> considering I'm confined. But yes, I yeah. have. I definitely yeah, mess around. Yeah. That's like me. That's like me. A, a lot, a lot more, but not as much as I should. Yeah. Considering I have time, well, especially on the weekends. I'm not working on the weekends. You know, so it's a big open window for me. You know, so I, I should be doing more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not actually practicing any songs where I'm just like, you know, doing stuff to keep my fingers moving and messing around. Right. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. And the same yeah. on the bass. But the one thing I did want to say is Lucifer uh, put out another album just now. The uh, mm. what's your name there, jo- Joanna Sedano's band. That's where uh, the cathedral guy was. Uh, if I didn't mention that, he was being uh, Lucifer there too. And I liked the first album a lot where he was there because that was more of a doom kind of a thing. The second album is like if you got uh, Nicky Anderson, he used to be in Entombed, and he does a lot of stuff like uh, Empire State Electric, where he's really getting the '70s rock sound down, dead pat. So if you're into that kind of 70s rock, not quite glam, but, you know, the, the radio rock kind of a thing, you might want to check his stuff out. Uh, but also uh, what he's doing here with Lucifer sounds just like that, too. The problem is that album just sounded like, you know, 70s rock, and it didn't work for me on the same level at all. I mean, I like the one song Phoenix a lot, but otherwise it was like, they lost all the occult rock and stuff to it. There's really nothing. The lyrics are kind of bland. It was just the whole thing was eh. But the new album, they actually went and, okay, they aren't breaking any new ground. But they went back and tried to pull the two ends together. So you've got more of the doomy stuff, more of the, the silly occult rock lyrics. You know, she's got a song about Lucifer or whatever on there. Mm. And the music is, even though it's still the 70s thing that you're talking about, there's a little bit of darkness to it this time. So I'd say that if you missed 
what the first album brought and really didn't care too much for the second one, which is my case, and a lot of people I understand were kind of miffed by that, you will like this one because it's really trying to merge the two sides, and I think it worked pretty well. You know, of course, there's the other side where people only like the second album. That's usually the type that thinks that Metallica begins with the Black Album, <laughs> you know, those mm-hmm. cracker, that crowd. But, you know, even so, they'll probably still like it because it's not that far removed from that template either. Uh, so I was pretty impressed with that, and that just came out recently. But that's really it. Otherwise, I'm still checking out some of those Japanese, quote, alternative idol bands like uh, Band Made, which I really hate the whole Made Cafe shtick, but the band themselves are actually pretty good. And, you know, Passcode, I've seen to them before. Necronomite will fell apart. I don't know what the deal is with that. Nobody's saying anything. They're trying to do a new thing with completely new members. I don't know anything about it. I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when Baby Mail did that second album. I was like, no, I don't care. But that's really it. That's kind of where things are at. We're still in the same boat and uh, waiting to see what happens with the world. You know, when things open up, hopefully they won't open up too soon. Hopefully people won't relax their guard too much. So so you mentioned you're doing uh, on, online gaming. You're joining groups online? Uh. Well, not what I'm doing online is we've got some friends that uh, do D and D, and that is not really online gaming in that respect. What they're doing is like Zoom sessions. And okay. It's it's basically tabletop. So in other words, you used to be you meet up and a couple of your friends there, and you, know, you get drunk and have some uh, chips or whatever the hell or pizza, mm. and then you do these uh, you know it's role playing games. You know, you, you, right, right, right. And in this case, because, you know, obviously because this thing is even more uh, poignant, I guess. But, you know, the one guy's up in Brooklyn, and this one's over in, you know, wherever the hell. One's down in South Jersey. So this way, instead of everybody getting together, they just all do it online. And that's what we're doing uh, tomorrow, actually. We do it bi-weekly uh, with an interesting group. Some people I know, some people I didn't. So, yeah, we're doing a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, someone I, I sort of know a little bit. I met them through another friend. But we, I seem to have more in common with this other friend. Uh, this little woman, she lives in Pennsylvania. And uh, she invited me to this... Uh, first, it was a, a Skype chat. Mm-hmm. And there were like four or five people. But, you know, there's limitations to Skype video. Because yes. it breaks... Even if it's over here. Even if you're down the block, it still breaks up. So somebody said, try Zoom. And I was like, oh, I was reluctant. You know, but I was like, all right. But it works much better. I don't know any of these other people, but uh, it was fascinating to know that, like, this one, um, yeah, because kind of like, what's, what's your name? What do you do? And I'm like, don't ask. <laughs> I don't, don't want to take up all your time. You think, oh, my God. No, it's just like, you know, this and that. What are you listening to? I mentioned Tangerine Dream. The guy mentioned, oh, he really, he saw them. and he, You know, so you make a little connection. Um, you have to be careful when friends, uh, if you open up your Facebook sometimes and you see friends do, the, like I did. See, I don't mind if somebody wants to comment. I love that. You know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm interacting with people from my house, you know. And right. I'm just checking in with people and people checking in with me. And that's why I do it, you know. And uh, coincidentally, last night, <laughs> you know, Art Edinger, your favorite person. Uh, <laughs> Our art start doing them once in a while. Say, hey, Art, how you doing? Oh, there's Lewis. How you doing, Lewis? And Ruggiero Diodato was on there. Okay. And uh, I saw in the comments, I'm like, all right, lifetime from wherever. And so uh, Art's starting to do them every night. So I was just <laughs> sitting on my couch. You're going to fucking laugh at this one. I was sitting on my couch, and I just opened up Facebook, and I saw, oh, he's doing another one. So, uh, 
just popped it open. And he just finished talking to somebody. All of a sudden, you have a request. Oh, you watch out for those, yes. And I'm like, I can't run because he saw me looking at it, you know? Yeah. So I, I answered the request. All of a sudden, the screen split into two. And there I am sitting on my couch, not looking my best. It's late in the day. And so he goes, this is Lewis Ball. He goes, Lewis, tell him about your books. I'm like, I didn't know this was going to happen, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I am not in uh, salesman mode right now, but uh, I wrote some books. You know, I, I sure as hell did not come off like a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're sitting on your couch, you know? Yeah. And, you uh, know, uh, tell them about what you do at, you know, he, he's got such a voice. No wonder why he's a lawyer. <laughs> but, uh, you know, tell them what you do at conventions. And I'm like, uh, well, I, I can tell you about some of the fun ones. You know, like I totally <laughs> Wholly unexpected. If I know I'm going to do something and I have a plan, I have a plan. Except for this, I think it's worked out better for just you and I to do what we did tonight. We were more focused last time, but this is even better because people can enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, this is like an NI level version. My, my wife was like, he doesn't have a topic? What are you guys going to do? It, that, that's actually the inspiration for the opener. It's like, you guys are going to be like Bob and Doug, like searching for a topic. <laughs> like, okay. yeah. No, we're. We just rift and work. Yeah, this is so. like at eye level. We, we do this all the time there, me and Matt. Yeah. So I wasn't too worried about it. <laughs> oh, so here we go. We reached the end of another one. This will only be a short one, I guess, an hour. Yeah. But um, everyone, stay safe out there. Stay well. Stay use, sane. <laughs> yeah. You, use common sense. Yeah. And for those of you who don't any, have any, use caution. <laughs> Those who don't just have any, have, just wander around without a mask, you know, hang around together. Yeah, <laughs> Wear your but, little machine but, guns on your arms and congregate really closely. And <laughs> seriously, seriously, we're not we're not here to judge. We, you, you do what you want to do. You believe in what you want to believe. But when it affects others, that's where the issue comes in. Yep, that's the bottom line. You that's know. the bottom line. So you have to think of everyone else. Stop thinking of yourself. Um, so we all hope that... Uh, uh, although it looks like we're, we're going to have to have a, some kind of genre film thingy coming up next time we do this, because I fear we not, may not be back to our normal uh, selves, yeah. and the world may not be back to. Uh, from what I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing, uh, I may not be back to my office till September, October. Yeah, Isn't that's it? what I was hearing September, and. Uh, and that's when they expect the second wave, right? Yep. So this this is going to get more interesting. I just I just hope I keep my job because yeah, I have a I'm not making this up. I'm having some friends that are, are really are, are guys. I love you, but they're they're complaining on Facebook because they said they go online, they're calling, the calls are dropped, they don't know who to go to, they haven't gotten any unemployment money. Yeah, I've heard this. So it's scary out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's bad. Anyway, everyone, please stay safe. You'll hear from us again. Yes, you will. So hopefully this will tide you over once again until our next missive. Uh, and again, I still have that last show that we recorded. No matter when this, the uh, work situation sort of happen again, so I can get to end it. Uh, but it'll be coming eventually. This year, what show was that? The Burt Reynolds one. Oh, the Burt Browns one. Yeah, you should add that. Put it out there. Keep, keep, uh, smiling. How long I take?
context there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I can't sacrifice that much time. You're lucky I get these little uh, third eye posts from uh, a couple albums. Where... Okay, okay. But anyway, we'll get it out there eventually, and we will see. Good talking to you. Good talking to you. Yes, you as well. But you're all as well. Take care, everybody. at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Tune in to Third Eye Cinema, your source for in-depth discussion of cult cinema with a focus on film that matters. Cult, grindhouse, drive-in, independent, and underground film from the dawn of the talkies through the early 90s. This is a forum where we explore genre film and music from around the world, in-depth conversation and career analysis with directors, actors, and musicians, and open discussion on films that matter, those that fall outside the mainstream corporate film by boardroom committee. These are the problems of the auteur, the visionary, the dreamer, the outsider. None of that direct that passes for mainstream film these days. This is all about the glory days of independent cinema from all over the world. Any of the hotbeds of obscure, oddball, or generally wild cinema available on DVD from the dawn of the medium to this very day. Join us as we delve deep into the cinematic netherworld here on Third Eye Cinema. Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Big Papa Online Network on Blog Talk Radio. What is At Eye Level? A reductio ad absurdum look at the headlines politics to pop culture, from the corporate to the individual. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, we take a not-so-serious look at the serious issues of the day. Whether it's politics, economics, social issues, music, or old movies and TV shows, we discuss everything the corporate media overlooks while making you laugh at the absurdity of it all. Hell, you gotta have a sense of humor about life. Just look at the headlines. So join me, Matt G. And me, Doc Savage. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern as we navigate the sea of trolls, talking points, and trickery. And try to figure out a way to be there when tomorrow comes. At eye level, bringing more to you. Only on the Big Papa Network, on Blog Talk Radio.
Join us on Tuesday nights at 6.30 Eastern for an exploration of the many roads and methods which promise to lead us to the ultimate answer, a higher purpose, the meaning of life. I'm just like a lot of you, a middle-aged mom with piles of laundry and a meditation practice. I've been down many roads to get where I am today, and my journey is far from finished. But I'd like to share my experience and hard-earned wisdom with you. So what is it about women and spirituality? It seems like we're always the first to try out something new. Christianity was spread in large part by wealthy women. And where would Uncle Al be without a scarlet women? Who is by and far the largest audience of new age alternative spirituality? What is it about us that always has us seeking? And why does it always seem that men tend to take over what we discover? Join us for a dialogue between two long-lost friends representing both the yin and yang aspects of the whole, each of whom have traveled multifarious paths all across the spectrum of spirituality, the dark side and the light, from the organized to the out of the way. This show is for all those frustrated in their quest who've been through various stops on the spectrum of spirituality and found them ultimately unfulfilling. Join us for some hard-earned lessons and thoughts on potential new directions and possible value in what inevitably fails in organized practice, but which may have some merit to the solo practitioner and fellow seekers of truth in this journey towards life. Moving towards life. Lessons in life and spirituality from an unconventional seeker. Bringing more to you only here on the Big Papa Online Network. On Blog Talk Radio. Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Join us for Weird Scenes Inside the Gold Mine, your essential guide to all things wild and wonderful in the world of cult entertainment. Drop in for a spell as Doc Savage and Lois Hall and myself discuss what we love, the comedian, the career, and the wonderful world of cult films, music, television, and more. We'll be covering classic films, shows, musicians, and literature of the past, with an eye towards what new visions may still arise from the soullessly derivative mire of our modern age. Tune in turn on and take a step outside the mainstream as we dig deep into the rich vein of cult cinema, music, and television right here on Weird Seats Inside the Gold Mine. Only here on the Big Papa Online Network on Blog Talk Radio. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Are you ready to become part of the PS Universe? Well, all you gotta do is tune in, turn on, and drop out as you listen to P.S. You Got This with your hosts, J.D., Gashes Clay, and the Reverend Friday. We see the world through different eyes and opinions, and we share with everyone bi-weekly. Are you ready to get your sides tickled? Find us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, and many other platforms. There's a place for everyone in the P.S. Universe. Until then... We want everyone to be good, if not, be good at it. Much love. See y'all on the other side.